Hey everyone, so recently I decided to do a thing. After nearly three years and two and a half million downloads, I changed the name of the show from Journey to Manifesting to the Sarah Prout Podcast. Everything is still the same, just with a different name, so I hope you enjoy. This is episode number 18 with Ryan Yakomi. Welcome to your journey to manifesting. My name is Sarah Prout, best-selling author and creator of The Manifesting Academy. Each week I'll bring you an inspirational message or share powerful conversations with thought leaders, game changers and light workers. The intention here is to motivate you to create the life of your wildest dreams. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Now let the journey to manifesting begin. Hey everyone, I am so excited to share this episode with you today. This is a conversation that I had with my very dear friend, Ryan Yakomi. He's a soul-centered life and business coach, and he's also the host of the Soul Wealth Podcast. So after you've finished listening to this episode today, please make sure that you go and subscribe to his podcast. He has so much incredible wisdom and insights to do with life and spirituality and everything else that falls on this beautiful spectrum of life. In today's episode, we cover so many fascinating topics from how to channel messages from the universe to tuning into the core essence of who we really are. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the incredible Ryan Yakomi. So welcome, Ryan, to the Journey to Manifesting podcast. It is so great to finally connect with you and have you on the show today. Hey, Sarah. Thank you. I'm so grateful to be here with you. So my first question is, what is the best thing that you have manifested so far? Oh, you know what? When you asked me that, the first thought that came to my mind intuitively was a connection to myself. Mm. So it wasn't anything physical. It was a connection to spirit, a connection to the universe, and I think uh, a deeper love for myself. That, that sounds incredible, but it probably already, or probably always hasn't been that way. Could you take me back to the beginning? You know, what sparked your interest in spirituality? Yeah, I used to walk out as a five-year-old kid into forests, and I remember feeling connected to every single living and non-living thing. And I think you can relate to this too, Sarah, and, and probably Sean too, your husband, I would walk out into these forests and because I live in Vancouver, Canada, so I'm on the west coast of Canada where we have these huge evergreen forests with big trees and, you know, they're world-renowned trees and some of them are um, like original growth where they haven't been uncut. So they're, they're huge, huge, massive trees. And I could walk in there and feel the aliveness of all the plants, all the trees. Um, this sounds really crazy, but where <laughs> we live on the top of the mountain, there's a lot of deer and I'll have deer that will literally walk up within you know, three to four or five feet away from me and just walk by me. And there's a deeper connection I felt. I've had meditations and I've been in the middle of a forest meditating where something told me to open my eyes when I was meditating with my eyes closed beside a creek and I open my eyes and there's a big black bear 20 feet away from me yeah. staring at me. So I, I've always had kind of this weird quirky connection to the universe and mm -hmm. I get it through um, connecting with, you know, the the essence of you know mother earth or whatever you want to call it and so that was kind of my first inclination that i was that i had some kind of spiritual connection and uh so if we we take it back all the way that far that was kind of the first start when i'm like i think there's something going on here <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever fallen out of that connection have you ever lost that connection to the universe yeah you know a lot of the work i do in the world um is helping people move back and feel reconnected, feel bliss, mm -hmm. because a lot of people feel obviously disconnected. And so all of my work in the world is predicated on the philosophy that our external world is all a reflection of our internal world. So I went through sort of the trials and tribulations of, um, you know, not feeling like I could express myself growing up. Uh, we didn't really talk about emotions in our house when I was growing up with my family and my parents. 
And even though I had amazing, incredible parents, and I still do, um, I still I didn't feel like I could openly express my sensitivity and my empathic gifts, my intuitive gifts, my spiritual connection. So I sort of suppressed it. Mm. And then, as we know, anything that you suppress um, eventually has to be expressed. And it doesn't always come out in a healthy way. So I had a lot of suppressed anger. Um, I sort of was a little bit of a, like a bad kid. Like I got into drugs and alcohol and sort of like exploring my spiritual connection that way. And then um, I really struggled through my 20s, through all my 20s. Um, I struggled until up until my early 30s. But all through my 20s, I reached a point, um, long story short, I don't need to go into too much detail, where um, I was done with life. I just didn't see yeah. the point in living. Um, I was, you know, ready to take my life. I was standing on the top of a bridge. It was pouring rain and there was all these cars driving by. It was a six lane bridge that was massive. And I was just, I was done. Mm. I was spiritually depleted financially, emotionally. My relationship with my now fiance was a disaster. Um, I tried everything to get ahead, manifest, make money. Nothing was working. And I thought, what's the point? And it was in that moment that I actually had spirit, um, Inter intervene in this experience and I remember a white light moving through me and into my body and filling my entire body as I was standing on this bridge pouring rain because it was raining so hard and in that moment I felt just this pure connection that everything is love hmm. and I, from where I kind of bring you in the journey from where I was as a five-year-old to being like now in my late 20s and experiencing that it was a total dismantling of my ego and that's what o opened up my work in the world now as a, as a coach and isn't it kind of true that when um, you know our shadow or our ego takes over us, that sometimes we'll look to escape, and sometimes the way is for some people suicide because that's the only way they can find a death to their ego. Mm. And so for me, I had this beautiful, incredible experience that awakened me. So yeah, it wasn't always um, the easiest through the journey. I love that. Uh, you know, I've spoken to so many people that go through that dark night of the soul. It's very, very similar to get to that that spiritual path where they can walk the talk, and then they know they can they can represent and add value to their clients' lives because they've experienced that shadow side. I think it's a a very important rite of passage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, I think that for, for a spiritual being like us, I think it's so important to experience that too because then you can come out on the other side and you can help people who are going through the same thing. Mm. And I think it's such a beautiful thing when we can have. Um, compassion for someone because we understand what they're going through as well. Yeah, it's that willingness to show up and, and to do the work. It's not easy though, is it? I mean, how often do you find that the, the people that you work with, they hit a roadblock and they just can't see what you could potentially see is their, their bright future? You know, they, they feel like they're paralyzed by their limitations. Well, that is one of the things that happens that I have been blessed to be on this planet to help people with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when, I, when I, when I, cause I work with a lot of people on a, we, we work like this on a, you know, you and I right now, a perfect example are having a conversation mm -hmm. verbally, but you and I are also having a total energetic conversation. Yeah. So there's an energetic language going back and forth right now between us, even though, you know, you're in the United States and I'm in Canada mm -hmm. um, and I work with the same pay same way with many people. So what people are telling me, they'll be telling me, you know, they're having challenges uh, financially, they want to step into their passion, they want to get into alignment, they want to manifest more money, they want to manifest their soulmate, you know, they want to manifest more freedom, they want to leave a job and manifest a career that they're passionate about. And they're telling me verbally these things, but mm -hmm. I'm empathically and intuitively picking up the visions of the potential and where they can go like two to five, 10, 20 years from now, I'm picking up their spiritual gifts. I'm picking up what's mm -hmm. stopping them. I'm, there's all these energetic hits that I'm getting on a vibrational level that they're not aware of. And so my, my role is to meet them where they're at because quite often people can't see their own brilliance because they're so thick in their fear. So if I shine their brilliance back on them too heavily they can't even see it you know it's just like it's it's a total the the illusion is so thick of what they're that what they've stepped into so what i have to do is kind of um find a way to connect with that person on an energetic level where they start to begin to see their own brilliance mm, to plant those seeds yeah yes and that's when their life starts to change wow that must be really fun to watch people blossom and to engage in their full potential Oh, it's awesome. I've yeah. had people tell me that they feel like they're a lotus flower opening. Yeah. <laughs> I've had people tell me that feel like there's different parts of their brains that were activated. <laughs> uh, so would you say that that's a, 
how do I put this? A psychic ability, you know, like detach from the old-fashioned labels of, you know, the, the tarot card reader or the palmistry reader, but to to view somebody energetically is still a form of being a psychic. Would you label yourself as that or is that something different? Well, I, my personal uh, belief is I believe we're all psychic. Mm-hmm. I believe we're all in, intuitive, we're all empathic, but we have varying degrees of awareness around it. And our, aware, our awareness around it is largely based on um, our vibration, on how, hard, how high our vibration is. So if we can raise our vibration, and you'll know, you'll know this too because you're such an expert on manifesting, is that when we're aligned and we're manifesting in flow, our vibration is quite high. Mm. And so it seems like the time it takes to manifest something is very quick. It doesn't take several years sometimes. Sometimes it happens very fast. So, yeah, for, for me, it's... Um, you know, I believe that I am psychic, but I also believe everyone is. And the more that you can sort of cultivate the daily spiritual rituals, and I'm a big philosophy of practicality. I love spirituality, but I'm like, come on, people, let's put our feet on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I'm a big believer in the, you know, before enlightenment, chop, could, chop wood, carry water, and after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. So it's just kind of the same to me, but you're in a different vibration. Yeah. So when when you ask that question, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's learning to tune into ourselves on a deeper level so we can sort of activate our psychic gifts. Mm, I get a lot of people on my Facebook live saying, "Will I manifest the? You know, will I win the lottery? Will I manifest my soulmate?" And I say, "Well, I'm not a psychic, <laughs> but I can intuitively tell you that if you do the work, something will show up." <laughs> yeah. Totally, right? It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I have a client that says to me, uh, you know, I help him. I've been working with him for three years. And he says to me, you know, I do all this spiritual work, but I still think my life would be easier if I won the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> Got to buy the ticket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing I love as well is the people that say, oh, well, I, I'm not good at manifesting. I've never manifested anything. And then I like to remind them, well, are you breathing right now? (laughs) Have you had some water today? You know, have you got a pillow to rest your head on at night? That's manifesting. The fact that we're alive is a manifestation in itself. And I I think if we embrace that as a powerful perspective, then we can create from that point onwards and be grateful for whatever shows up. Yeah, I love that. That's that's such a great outlook on life. It's so true. It's these... um you know, these subtle moments where we can recognize the brilliance in each present moment. Mm. Um, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you a great example too, that may help, um, some of your podcast listeners. So I love cars. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not huge into material things. Um, I enjoy material things. I'm grateful for them, but I'm not attached to them, but I do love cars and I love, I love nice German cars. So I have a 2016 BMW and at the time I had an older BMW and I went into the dealership and I sat in this car, which was $75,000 and I never had a brand new car. I'd never had a car that was more than $30,000. And I sat in this car and as I sat in it, I just knew I was going to manifest this car. Mm. I just knew it. And so, you know, you have that inclination, that knowing, which is your spirit coming through. It's your intuition talking to you through your body, through your soul. So I just knew it. So I just released it. I was grateful for that moment. And that's another key thing. If you if you didn't catch that is you want to be grateful for the thing that you want to manifest before you've actually manifested it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I when I sat down and I sat in this car, I thought that's it. And it was literally a few months later, I had the car, you know, the just yeah. things lined up and it just clicked. And oddly enough, you and I talking right now is I'm actually going to get the next level of the vehicle that I'm looking to get, which is another level of a BMW, and I'm going to test drive it this Friday. So that's another tip. If you want to manifest things, go go get the feeling of it. Like go sit in it, feel it, run your hands down it, whatever it is, go experience it in nature. You know, go get the experience so your body can pick it up with the five senses. Mm, and then you can help with releasing the resistance that blocks people from getting there. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's essentially the the time span. People are always so hung up on the time that it takes. You know, how long? I'm waiting. I'm impatient. But it really is about that that grounding in the present moment and then remembering that, you know, that resistance is what's blocking you ultimately and that we're living that energetic ripple right now of what's already unfolded on the ethereal realm. Yeah, I love that. Um, Well, I think we live in a world right now that is super impatient. We want everything like yesterday, now, right? Mm -hmm. 
And I think um, there's some studies done, but they say most people lose their focus every seven to 10 seconds. So we jump on social media, we scroll really quick. I mean, this all kind of started too when there was sitcoms. So you know how there's 30 minute, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Friends, <laughs> yeah. right? All, the, all those, like I'm a 90s kid, right? Yeah. I was born in 81. Um, and all those shows, they were in 30 minute increments. So we got accustomed to wanting one in 30 minutes and now it's social media, so it's even faster. Mm. And um, I think patience is a wonderful blessing. Mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful. Like sometimes with my clients, what I'll do is I'll, um, if they're if they're really impulsive and they have a hard time slowing down and reconnecting to themselves, I'll literally just have them sit for five minutes and do nothing. And mm. for some of them, the sitting of five minutes and doing nothing is like torture. But yeah. for others, it's bliss. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> but it helps them develop their focus so they can have more patience and have, you know, a deeper spiritual connection as they go about the world. Oh, that's that's the key essence of meditation, isn't it? As part of a spiritual practice, the fact that meditation does release that energetic resistance and it aligns you with what you want and what's in the process of unfolding and it gives you better tools to be able to cope with this crazy world that we're in right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Wow. So who has influenced you along the way? It's a great question. Um, first and foremost, for me, it's spirit. It's the universe. Um, the way the universe engages with me, like I said, through nature or through other people, or I'm really big on synchronicities. Mm. So I'm a, I love anything to do with Carl Jung's work around synchronicities, shadow work, and dreams. And I find it fascinating um, when one of the things that I do that works really well that may help um, all your listeners is I keep a synchronicity log in my journal. So I, I, I magnetize it. So it, it happens almost daily where I see synchronicities. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it keeps me in vibrational alignment. So um, for me, spirit is, is some of the people that have, you know, or some of that, you know, the influencers that have, the influencers through different sources that have really helped me. Um, and then also just like, you know, for me, it's like, it's really important to surround yourself with great people. Mm. I think I think that's a really key thing. It's like really surrounding like people like yourself, Sarah, you're amazing. Oh, um, you. Your husband, Sean, <laughs> the whole community, what you guys have created is incredible. Your whole community with manifesting, like what a blessing everyone is in that community. And I think that's really, really key. Like if I look back, I've, I've had many mentors who have taught me um, since around 2006, 2007. And I typically, um, you know, when I work with someone who's teaching me, I like to work with them for a few years because I like to go deeper into it. Mm. But there's been a variety of people. And I always I always tell people, though, that, you know, oftentimes, and this sounds kind of cliche for anyone who is, you know, wanting to create a better life, but oftentimes our best mentors are the people who really upset us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can we can end the conversation now, Ryan. Yeah, that's it. That's... <laughs> right, the tree yeah. like really piss us off. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I I used to get really agitated by things that um you know my family would do or my friends would do or my clients would do, and how oh, why would this person do that or how did they hurt me and and all these kinds of things. And then I realized that if it's really bothering me or triggering triggering me, then there's something I need to learn about myself. And this is what I'll tell you is when. You kind of do Byron Katie's The Work, right? Oh, you go yeah. into looking at yourself deeper, which is what my life has been for the last 10 years, is it opens up a whole new space of flow mm-hmm. because the things that used to bother you no longer bother you. And you start to see everyone as these beautiful, incredible souls. And all of a sudden, the negative thinking starts to drift away. Um, the negative self-talk, the internal negative dialogue, the lack thinking around manifesting or your lack of belief in yourself to manifest that kind of drifts away. It still may come back every now and again, Mm. but there's a lot more space for you to be creative, to be blissful, to be high vibe, to have great relationships, to manifest material, incredible material things. Like you just have a lot more space and room in your life to create an incredible life. Oh gosh, it's a training ground, isn't it? (laughs) It's like sharpening mm-hmm. the axe. It's that, yeah. that, <laughs> that, that repetitive pattern, that signature energetic pattern that crops up over and over again until you get it. And I find that, you know, if you are in a bad relationship and you break up with that person for specific reasons, I can guarantee you that you, they show up in another relationship in a different person from a different soul because your soul's not getting it. the gift that keeps on giving (laughs) (laughs) yeah you could say that 
yeah, it's it's interesting how the soul works. Um, I think the little bit that I know about the soul and the universe, uh, and I'm I'm just you know having fun living life here as mm. a as a human right now, is um. <laughs> It just wants the experience mm. and until it doesn't. Like it wants that experience of being broke until it doesn't. It wants that experience of being super connected and abundant until you don't. And I think like people like you and I who um, are out there like doing our best to make a difference in the world with our gifts and our passions and our talents, um, I think there's like this sometimes stigma that we're perfect or yeah, we're, yeah. you know, we have it all together, or we don't have bad days, or, you know, yeah. like, her branding is so amazing. How, does she have any flaws? And, um, you know, by the way, your branding is beautiful. Oh, thank you. So is yours. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you. I can receive that. Um, and, and, you know, like, to be honest, it's so easy for me to show up on a podcast or work with a client when I'm serving and helping someone or create something amazing that I'm bringing to the world to show up at my best. But if I'm totally authentic with everyone listening, sometimes on my weekends when it's just me, it takes me a lot more conscious effort to make choices that empower me. And I notice some of like the negative thinking come in or the limiting beliefs or some of the just not feeling at my peak potential. Mm. And I think um, that's the paradox is, is I don't know in this lifetime if it's my journey to be filled with so much light that I'm like a Dalai Lama. You know, or I, you know, I don't know if it is. I, I don't know if I could handle that type of light, that type of power to manifest. I think my journey in this lifetime is very much about um, being incredibly connected and feeling amazing, maybe 70, 80% of the time. And then 20, 30% of the time when I'm not is to give myself permission to be okay with that. Well, you know what the blessing and the gift is there? It's the awareness that that's an option. I mean, imagine going through your life not being able to understand that you have that as a perspective. Yeah, yeah. I, I hold so yeah. much compassion for those people that just believe that life is the the hand that they're dealt with and they can't do anything about it. I mean, mm -hmm. that that's the essential nature of feeling powerless and, you know, like you don't have any control over your life. I mean, ultimately you don't because I believe that source energy, God, the universe is, you know, orchestrating everything. But you do have the conscious awareness to guide your energy. And we forget that we have that as a superpower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, choice. Mm. You just, you just, it's brilliant. I think choice is the most important thing in the world. I think it's more important than love mm. because we have to choose to love. Yeah, and I lived, I lived most of my life. Like I'm 36 now, but I've lived most of my years on this planet, um, 20, 20 plus years of the, on, the, on this planet, um, thinking that life is happening to me thinking that I, if I could just win the lottery, if I could just find an opportunity, if some, if I could get a break, like just give me a break, damn it, universe, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and truthfully, what really changed me is two things. One is taking my power back. Mm. So like really knocking it off, giving my power away to circumstances or other people. And two is surrendering. Just mm. like what you said about the universe, that's really changed my life is surrendering into a higher purpose. And to be honest, um, I used to be that person that's like, I used to buy lottery tickets. I used to place uh, my power in the hope that, you know, the lucky numbers would be drawn. And truthfully, I'd be usually actually all times with the lottery for me. <laughs> Unex uh, led to, uh, you know, failed expectations and led to feeling like, oh, I can't get ahead. So mm. it was actually when... Um, I took my power back and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, instead of me saying, universe, what can you manifest me? I started saying, universe, what can I manifest you? Mm. What can I do for you? How can I be of service to you? And to be honestly truthful, like my life now, I'm so grateful for it. I love life. I have incredible relationships. I have an incredible relationship with my fiance. I'm very abundant. I have a ton of freedom. I have great friends. I have incredible health. I'm in the best shape of my life. And when I honestly look at these things and I say that in a total humble space, it's because I started asking the universe, how can I be of service to you? Mm, and you start playing that bigger game. Yeah. Wow. Well, you definitely hit the jackpot with your fiance. You know how much I, you know how much I love Chris. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, and you guys show up in the world in such a beautiful way together because it's harmonized. You, you've definitely managed to balance that masculine and feminine energy to make things flow harmoniously. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very feminine, um, and I'm more balanced now. But I was really very masculine for a long time. I was like, you don't talk about emotions. Get over your stuff. <laughs> <Just go." laughs> uh, so yeah, we we've learned it. But you know, like we flipped to age of Aquarius, so it's it's opening me up every mm-hmm. day. It's teaching me to live more in my heart. And with Chris too, my fiance. Um, you know, to be honest with you, when I work with people, quite a few, like I would say seven to eight of the people who come to me who want to manifest greater things in their life, when we get into the root cause of what their actual challenge is, oftentimes it's to do with the relationship, where oh, the yeah. relationship's out of harmony. And so they're actually trying to make more money or manifest a better life so they can actually ease the pain of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I work with people, oftentimes they've done work on every area of their life except the relationship and so that's the area where I start to work with them and then their life totally transforms so I'm yeah I'm very blessed with Chris she's she's very awesome yeah yeah I'm excited to see what manifests in the future for you guys (laughs) I know it's going to be amazing (laughs) we've got marriage this year and then we're going to try for our first child so trying to catch up to you and Sean doing our best Well, I had to do it in two different batches, remember? So. Yeah, that's right. No, we don't plan I got to do four. That. Don't do four. <laughs> I would love to wife. have twins. If we could have twins, that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Just ask Chris about that. That would be interesting. Yeah, no, she's a no-go. <laughs> so. Well, I don't know how people carry two babies in one body. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, and that's the thing, right? Like, I think when, um, when, when we really start to look at the areas of our life that we need to do the work mm. and, you know, you got to keep in mind, Chris and I as a couple, we've been together for 16 years and we started doing the work, like the spiritual and personal work on ourselves um, about 10 years ago. And when I look at our life, because there were many times in our relationship where we thought we were going to break up mm. and she would have her bags packed at the front door leaving or I would have my bag packed and I'm out of here, mm. right? Like, because the masculine goes and the feminine flows. So the, the masculine wants freedom and the feminine wants love. So whenever I was faced with a challenge, I'm like, out of here. Like, I'm, I'm on my freedom back where she'll like keep going because she wants to feel the love in a relationship. So what actually changed is we stopped trying to get each other to change. And we went on about a year journey where we just did work on ourselves. Mm. And we still stayed together. We still lived together. But we came back together. She actually went away for a... Um, a leadership event, which is down in Long Beach, California. And so I was at home for a week and she was away. And we grew so much during this year that when we kind of capped off that trip, we came back together and that's when our relationship started to flourish. And we ended up um, going out and I did this huge surprise engagement for her in Maui, Hawaii, where we got engaged. Mm. And we had this like beautiful connection. I proposed to her on the beaches of Maui. Um, it was a total surprise. She thought that I had a gift for her that were Nike shoes. And <laughs> Turned out it was it was a ring. So I proposed to her on the beach, and that's really when things started to shift in our life, when we first started to do the work on ourselves, and then we came back, and that infused love into our relationship again. Wow. Oh, that's so beautiful. I think what you just said about masculine goes and feminine flows, I just thought back to my own relationships over the last 20-odd years, and I've always been the one that wants to leave. I'm the one packing my bags. So I think that's a powerful realization that that's the masculine energy trying to dominate and control. And I've never seen it like that before. Never Mm -hmm. seen it like that. And I think in that moment, it's like, oh, the penny dropped. And I'm like, oh, I'm never going to do that again. (laughs) I mean, not that I would. (laughs) I mean, Sean and I have been married for five years this year. But it's like, you know, that just... Just um, getting out of the car. Tony Robbins uses that analogy of don't get out of the car if you're in a relationship. You stay in the car and you're in it together and you you play full out, you know, unless it's destructive or abusive or whatever. But, um, you know, being grounded in that feminine energy is really powerful for the women out there. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And thank God, like Chris and women like yourself who do that work. Um, Because I actually believe, and this sounds sort of, you know, contradicts what some people believe, but I actually believe what's going to happen here and is happening is that it's the men indirectly that are going to help raise women up. And here's what I mean by that. It's for, for many, many years, you women have been suppressed by the masculine energy because the masculine energy is like, it's my way or the highway, right? And um, we live mostly in a world where business is dominated by masculine energy. Mm. You know, it's not very well 
accepted to be in a feminine flow and think that you could run a CEO of a company. So the masculine energy was a lot of suppressing for many years until you ladies decided, I've had enough and I want my own independence. Like I'm going to make my own money and live my own life and I'm not going to sit here and cook and clean for you. So then women <laughs> women went out and started, you know, getting educated and started, um, you know, going out and becoming coaches and business owners and doing all kinds of amazing work. And so what actually is happening right now is um, because we're in this whole new cycle out of Pisces into Aquarius is the men um, are now kind of turning around and supporting the women to step into their feminine flow, whereas before they would judge it. Mm. You know, we would we would judge that and be like, that doesn't make money because what most men do is why most, and I've learned this from working with a lot of couples, most men who believe that you should get a solid job and you should have a pension and benefits and don't take any risks and all that stuff, they link spirituality to being broke, to poverty. Mm. And they also link it to weakness because it's not in control. You're not in control, right? Mm. So a lot of men would judge women who went off and ventured into their goddess energy or their feminine flow or their queen archetypes. And so it's actually what's happening is it's us men who are now looking at women like you who are incredible powerhouses and honoring you instead mm -hmm. of judging you. So it's, it's rebalancing out the flow between masculine and feminine. And in turn, what's actually happening, this is, this is the key thing. So for all your listeners, catch this. It's actually balancing out the masculine or excuse me, the feminine within us men. So because we were so heavy masculine, now we're balancing out feminine and, you know, the same thing is happening with women where you're finding your voice and your power and your connection where you're also balancing out. So we're moving back into equality. So it's really cool to see this happen in real life because um, you see it become more and more magnified. At least I'm noticing it. I don't know if you have been seeing it where there's been a lot more of the feminine in rise. Mm. But there's also a lot more men who are reconnecting to more of a heart-based life. Do you think it's a generational thing? Like it's a specific age range of men that are seeing this and feeling this way? Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had this old guy come in. He was a real estate agent looking at the house and he looked around the house here. We've got this beautiful view of the entire strip of Las Vegas. And he's like, oh, this is a beautiful house. What does your husband do? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to stop and go, oh, we, we uh, run a business together. And I, I was standing in the kitchen with a baby on my hip, you know, and it, it's, it's so funny to, to feel so disconnected in that moment of, of, okay, how do I guide this to maybe open up a channel for a new level of awareness? You know, how can I change this man's mind? <laughs> Gently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, well, that, that, um, you know, that old sort of, which is, it, it is old. It's like 50s or 60s paradigm yeah. that some men live in who are in their 60s and 70s and, and 80s and stuff like that is, um, yeah, men have the power and, and women stay at home holding the babies on their hips. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that old paradigm. <laughs> it's so funny because I'm like, okay, this is the wrong perspective. Oh, it's not the wrong perspective. I guess it's just the um, making assumptions can sometimes get us into trouble. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, because we're not seeing the present moment. We're, yeah. we're missing, you know, and that, I'll come back to sort of like the intuitive gifts of of tapping into the present moment, like we were saying earlier. Like if if someone is really in tune, well, well, they they could just simply observe the experience of there's this beautiful woman with her family in this beautiful home, and I really have no idea who makes the money here. Mm. You know, instead of, like you said, the kind of assumption that this is how it is. Oh, the man must make all the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. I mean, I just, I've never really experienced that kind of blatant sexism before here in, here in America anyway. I mean, I did many years ago in Australia, but not to that extent. <laughs> yeah, it's people are funny, right? Yeah, people are funny. <laughs> yeah, we're quirky. <laughs> Yeah, it's usually usually not as much here. I mean, but then it's all paradoxical because if you, you know, every everything is perspective. Like yeah. everything is. I'll give me give you two good examples, right? So here in the West, you and I are a great example of this. We brand ourselves. We have pictures of ourselves all over the internet. That's totally accepted. In fact, that's praised. Mm -hmm. But in the East, if somebody paints a beautiful picture, they don't sign their name off on it. They sign their guru's name on the picture. Wow. They sign their mentor's name. They don't want to be acknowledged. They don't want pictures of themselves. They want to acknowledge the person who is teaching them. Mm. 
and it's so it's a totally different philosophy. I mean, here in the West, we, you know, after a a beautiful meal, um, we we wow, that was so great, that was so wonderful, thank you so much. But places, you know, in different parts of the world, they actually belch, they actually yeah. burp after a meal, <laughs> compliments right? To and the it, chef, and it, yeah, yeah, compliments <laughs> to the chef, and it's pleasurable. So it's it's all. You know, it's all largely based on, you know, like you said, age demographics, but then it's also culture. It's also where we were born in the world. Um, but it's all paradoxical because what what one person does could be good to one person, but bad to the other. But when we can see that they're both right mm-hmm. and none is better than the other, then we can see, wow, there's a whole new perspective that your way or my way is not better or wrong. It's just different. My grandmother used to peel a banana from the opposite way that most people usually peel it. And she would say, it's a way, not the way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Your grandmother's very smart, very wise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, <laughs> she knew what she was talking about. <laughs> and I always remember that, you know, like it's a, just one of those things that I always remember when, okay, someone's doing something a way that I wouldn't do it. Maybe it's not. A way, it's well. Maybe it's not the way. It's a way. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. have you ever heard of the story of the the ham in the in the pot? No. So there's a story that goes like this: that there's a there's a mom who's cooking a wonderful meal for her family, and the son comes up as she's cooking the meal. And the son's young, you know, seven eight years old, and as the mom's cooking the meal, she cuts off the end to the ham, and then she sticks it in the pot to get ready to put it in the oven. And the son goes, oh, that looks really good. Mom, why do you cut off the ends of the pot? Or excuse me, the ends of the ham? And she goes, I don't know. That's just the way, you know, your mom, my mom did it, your grandmother. And she goes, well, maybe we could find out why. So he goes, okay. So they go and they give, you know, grandma a call. And they go, hey, we're just wondering why, um, you know, you cut the ends off of the ham every time you made a ham every year. And she goes... Well, that's easy because I didn't have enough room in the pot, so I cut the ends off so it could fit in the pot. <laughs> so, so, so here's the mom doing the same thing, but more than enough room in the pot. So it's kind of like these beliefs get passed down, and then we do things just unconsciously without us even knowing because that's how we think we should do them until we stop. And then we're like, actually, why am I doing this thing? I don't even need to be doing this thing. So, yeah, to going back and kind of like, the perception on things. And, and if you relate it to manifesting, it's actually really fascinating because when you go a bit deeper, you can start to explore, oh, you want to manifest winning the lottery. You want to manifest a car. You want to manifest your soulmate. Well, why? Mm-hmm. Like what's driving you to want that thing? Why do you want that thing? Why is that important to you? Why is that connected to your soul? How does that advance the agenda of your soul in this lifetime? Instead of, well, I want this thing because I've wanted this thing my whole life. Right. Like Mm. if you go deeper into it, you can start to explore maybe and many times it's actually something you don't even want. Oh, yeah. But you (laughs) you just want it because you think you want it because your parents did that and their parents did that and so on and so forth. Oh, it's so true. Uh, The thing that I notice the most with the people that I work with is that it's really worthiness. They want to manifest the car to make themselves feel worthy. They want to manifest the soulmate to make themselves whole and complete. And that that inner work needs to happen. You know, you, you mentioned you and Chris took a year to just work on yourselves. Imagine if people just did that anyway. You know, if it's not in a relationship, if it's preparing themselves to be the best version of who they can be when they do find themselves in a relationship. You know, doing mm-hmm. the work beforehand is like a, a preemptive spiritual immersion technique. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, it should... just wake up, people. <laughs> Do it yeah, now. It's almost like it should be a prerequisite to come into manifesting. <laughs> yeah, because shit hits the fan. As soon as you start to do this work, it isn't easy. You start to notice that, um, I, I want to say karma, but I don't, I don't want to label it as karma. The lessons come a lot faster. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like yeah. the audio has been placed yeah, on do. double speed. <laughs> Well, yeah, you notice this a lot for people who do work like you um, or even coaches who are out there is that I I always tell people this. The universe has a funny way of getting you to be authentic and in alignment with integrity. Mm. And it kind of like when you start to really change your life, because you can be dormant. I mean, you can just be asleep. And, you know, I know plenty of people that that's what they do and they're happy. Um, You can live that life where like your number one priority is security and safety on this planet. 
I, I do want to remind everyone that we live on a beautiful planet that's spinning through space and there's a whole bunch of planets around us. So there's not a lot of security. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, when you start to wake up, it's like, that's when, like you're saying the, the changes happen quite rapidly. Yeah, they, they really do. And I notice it, especially in my own life, it feels like the more visibility I have as a teacher, the more the lessons rise up and the more, you know, I, I want to remind people that there is no such thing as perfection. You know, what you see on social media and the branding and all that kind of stuff, it really is, it, it's not an accurate representation of what's happening and unfolding 24 hours a day. <laughs> you know, I want people to know that there's times where I lose my shit with the kids or Sean and I are arguing and, you know, that kind of stuff because it's part of the package. If I, if I wasn't open and honest with it, then I wouldn't be a teacher. I couldn't feel okay with that without being so transparent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's such a gift with you and Sean is that you guys are transparent. You know, you are very real and open and I don't, I think it's beautiful too, how much you guys shine your light, you know, and how brilliant you are. You're such like, I, I call uh, people like us spiritual trailblazers. Oh. And I think that there's, um, you know, we blaze the trail, yeah. you know, we're like, we're like the, we're making way for like the next generation to come in that will be even more connected as they, as they're being born right now. Mm. And, you know, but us, we're the fighters, right? Like, <laughs> like <Yeah. we're> gonna, <laughs> that's what we do. And first but, responders I mean, were in there. <laughs> Or the first responders. I love that. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah, totally. First responders. Um, and we blaze the trail of, I think there's less than like maybe three to 5% of us in the world who actually do this work. And you know, you're mentioning that you um, had Daniel Laporte on your podcast. And you know, she's another one too. You know, we're all Tony Robbins is another one. We're all people who, who are out there to make a difference. And I think um, if you want to do that, then it kind of comes with the territory that you have to clean up your own life. It's just a part of the growth. But my personal opinion is I welcome it. Like, I love it. I, I sat there, Sarah, do you ever have moments where you're sitting and you're like, well, what else would I be doing? Yeah. Like, would I be sitting on the beach with my kids? Like, what else would I be doing with my life? So. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I often think that. Like, I look at people in the supermarket because I, I make an effort to connect with as many people as I can when I'm out, you know, shopping or wherever I am. I'm not checked out or on my phone. And I think, wow, you know, like, what would I be doing? Would I, would I be working in a supermarket? And then you start to see yourself in other people and you realize, well, hang on, maybe I am doing this stuff in other dimensions and, and you know, that kind of stuff. What is my alternate reality doing right now? <laughs> or my multi-dimensions. And that's a conversation we could dive into. <laughs> yeah. Well, well it, I mean, if you want to go there, like, yeah. I, I, your followers, do we go deep yeah, on we, the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're okay. here for. <laughs> okay, Perfect. Well, one, one of the things I was going to say earlier is um, I have a past life in Lemuria. So we're actually making um, a trip out to Mount Shasta, which has a, a large connection to Lemuria, which for your listeners that don't know, Lemuria was, the continent was Mu, which is pre-Atlantis, M-U. And so Atlantis, apparently the city of Atlantis, the lost sunken city of Atlantis, were, was an era where they said we were really spiritually connected, the most spiritually connected. But then we... We sort of misused or abused our powers, and that led to the destruction of that civilization. And, and as story goes, as mythology goes, we've been rebuilding ourselves back up in consciousness since about you know 10,000 plus years ago. So we were once at a higher state of consciousness, so says the story. So what I find really fascinating about being born um, back into this lifetime with my work in the world is I can actually energetically pick up and also um, auditorily experience and hear from people and visually feel from people and hear from and see from people that we are in a vastly increasing spiritual awakening process right now, which mm -hmm. I believe you can agree, where everything is moving very, very quickly with consciousness. And we're kind of coming back to the point where um, you know, either we're going to develop in consciousness and we're going to shift back into a deeper space of love and flow and integrity, or, you know, we're going to set off a bunch of nukes and go back to where we were 10,000 years ago. So it's kind of this, you know, it's kind of this tipping point and I believe we're going to be just fine. But if you, if you look back on the spiritual side, I don't know if I'm really into like space and I don't know why I've had a few, um, people come to me to do readings on astrology lately. So there's something there. Mm -hmm. But I was learning that, and I don't know if you knew this, but in between Mars and Jupiter, there's an asteroid belt. And 
they for the longest time NASA couldn't figure out why it was there, and so they superimposed it and they sort of like brought all the pieces back together to see what it would form from the amount of mass. And it turns out that it actually forms another planet. Wow. So what they believe is that there was sort of a super Earth and that all of these asteroids in this asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter were this planet that exploded, that erupted, and that Mars used to be a planet much like Earth, but it was a moon of this planet. Mm-hmm. And, and so if they look up now, you can see that the comets up there that are basically frozen water uh, they think used to be the lakes on this super planet that exploded and the rivers and the oceans and everything frozen in space. So long story short, um, if you want to go way deep here, what they, the, the mythology is that um, we used to be you know, connected to this planet somehow, which was obviously destroyed some way, possibly through war, and which led us to coming to Earth. And so we've so, sort of been rebuilding our civilization and our consciousness on this beautiful planet that we call Earth since the, the fall of Atlantis. And so that's where we're coming back into this tipping point of you know, raising up consciousness. Because if you actually look back on the studies, um, we really haven't been developed at this level um, you know, possibly never or possibly back 10,000 years ago. But prior to that, nothing even comes close. So we're like at the tipping point. Like I think it's so cool to be alive right now because we're at this tipping point where you're going to see in the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, consciousness increase so quickly. So that's, that's my deep take. Oh, I love that. I've got so many questions rising up right now. <laughs> I think like, you know, let's get a little woo-woo here and all of my guides and teachers and non-physical helpers are just rushing to get the get to the front seats for this performance. <laughs> it's like there you've got like 200 people staring at you right now, Ryan, energetically. <laughs> and that's just from me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah, that is, that's a conversation probably for another day. But it's incredible. I mean, I, I can I can really sense the the depth and the truth of that. Um, and and I know so many people that have had this level of realization and understanding that we're part of a much bigger fabric of oneness, a much bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So oh gosh. Well, the, somebody somebody said to me once, and I I can't disagree with them I mean I also kind of agree with them because I can't see it but I definitely feel it is they said if you really want to know what planet earth is really like go watch the movie men in black (laughs) okay because it's have you seen that movie I have many years ago (laughs) okay a long time ago but they said basically that's what it's like here on this planet but you know the government does a really good job at hiding these things um, for whatever reasons, I'm not sure, but there's so much more happening than we can understand or even that we're exposed to. And I think you and I get it because we I, I connect with my guides, I connect with my angels, I connect with higher spirits too. Yeah. Um, so I just know that I, my personal belief is they're all very loving. They're all very supportive. They're not here to you know harm us in any way. In fact, I think I believe that they infuse consciousness into us to help raise our conscious development, things like bringing awareness to what the how to create a wheel you know or how to create the internet i don't know if you know this but this is a fascinating fact um i interviewed linda howe once who is an expert on akashic records and she said to me that the akashic records were fully opened up to us to be able to access the exact same year that the internet was created So, so within, so without, right? So when we opened up in consciousness to all the Akashic records, boom, we have an internet where you can access all of this information instantaneously too. So that brings me to an interesting topic that I was talking to my husband, Sean, about the other day. And he has looked into Ray Kurzweil's predictions. Do you know who he is? I don't know who he is, but I'd love to. He's a guy, Ray Kurzweil is a guy who has made predictions in technology technology over the last 50 years and pretty much 80% of everything that he has predicted has come true. And one thing that he is uh, presenting currently and has been for a long time is something called the singularity where artificial intelligence will be smarter than human intelligence by what he believes will be 2034. So Mm. that means that a single computer can be smarter than everybody on the planet 
by 2034. So it's kind of like the the birth of the internet on steroids, you know. <laughs> wow. if, if I had, I mean, this is this is a huge rabbit hole for you to for you to go down if you're interested in the connection between consciousness and technology. And so it, it's you know the the time where you can upload your consciousness to the cloud and and that kind of thing. But I just wow. feel like it's still all part of the universal plan, all part of source consciousness of the, the evolution of humanity. I'm not sure whether I'd like to upload my consciousness if it was a scientific <laughs> possibility because I think I'd be one of those old school people who'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> give, give me a pen, piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's fascinating to think, okay, so is there going to be a division between uh, artificial consciousness versus natural consciousness? I mean, mm. this, is, this is where it gets really fascinating. But then is it a case of, well, show me where God is not, which is one of my favorite quotes. I love that. <laughs> you know, I, when I channeled the book that I'm going to be publishing, I've got it still in journal form. Um, I channeled God and God kept saying to me, there is nowhere I am not. There is nowhere I am not. And I just love what you just said. Um, yeah, you know, I don't I don't know with that. I mean, it is, um, I read once that they say that in, in anyone's household, for all the incredible te technological advances we have um, that do things that service us, like a coffee maker, you know, like yeah. just things, our computers, you would need 50 servants to be able to do what, you know, our beautiful pieces of equipment do. Wow. So, yeah, it's really crazy what's going to open up. I don't know. Um, I think that, you know, if you look at, like I was in Sedona recently, I've been to Sedona twice, and I don't know if you guys have been out there before. No, I, I haven't. You'd love it. And it's a very spiritual place. It's where, you know, uh, the indigenous people used to do their ceremonies. And so there's vortexes. And then there's also um, just the, the land itself is a big vortex. It's very connected. Mm. But there's one really special place, and it's called Shaman's Cave. It's not easy to get to, and it's not easy to get to for a reason. You actually have to either have a 4 by 4 In our case, we rented two, like, ATVs. Mm -hmm. Or we rented one ATV, and we both went in the one. And it takes about an hour to get out there off the highway. And when you get to it, it's kind of unmarked, so you have to find it. <clears throat> but when you, when you go through this hiking trail another 30 minutes, you come out. And then to get to the actual cave which is on the top of this beautiful red rock that overlooks all of this lush green valley. To get to the actual red rock cave, you have to climb on the side of a mountain, which leaves you about half a foot of a pathway. And to the side of you, there's about a thousand foot drop into nothing. Wow. So you, you actually have to shimmy along the side of this mountain to get into this cave. But what's really cool about this cave, there's this giant circle that is all natural. That's in the side of a cave. It looks like someone carved it. And the cave is probably about, I don't know, 100 feet you know, long, maybe 40, 50 feet wide. It's not very big, but it's a stargate. So mm. it's a stargate where you can go into meditations and access a portal to go to different places on the planet or explore wherever you want. Um, there's different stargates around the planet. Some of them, they say that you can access in the same way where you leave the body. Others say that you can bring your body with you and transfer into different places. Wow. So when, when we, yeah, when we talk about technology, I, I personally think there's two things that are going to happen. I think there's people who will remain in their left brain and they'll be very um, attached to the technology. And there will be other people who will be a little bit more right brain, a little bit more balanced. And I actually think will transcend out of even needing technology. Oh, I like that perspective. Yeah. Gosh, I, I think it's also <laughs> probably an important point to drop in here that it's important to choose love over fear. You know, like these topics that we're talking about right now might seem a little bit scary and out there to people, <laughs> but choose love and remember that nothing can harm you without your consent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, at the, at the end of the day, like you're so right. It's like the foundation, it has to be love. It is love. Mm. So it's, it is love. It's just an awareness of that. I love what Marianne Williamson says where she talks a lot about how, you know, you can't beat dark with darkness with darkness. You can't hit fear with a baseball bat. It's just a shining of light onto the darkness. And yeah. I think to me, as you as you manifest quicker and you raise your vibration, I mean, we're talking about very like woo-woo things right now, but <laughs> if, we were, if I was to ground it, um, I understand on a soul level um, that I'm a spiritual being, that everyone is a spiritual being. But as I'm moving my spirituality and my soul through the earth, I keep my feet on the ground 
Because I also understand that I chose to be born in Vancouver, Canada and experience this human experience for the betterment of helping the world wake up. Now, when I work with people or just in general in my work to help the world, um, I really don't focus on helping other people wake up. What I focus on is demonstrating publicly, that's the key word, demonstrating publicly my own process of awakening. Mm. So which means that you have to get vulnerable, you're going to have to get open and expressive, you're going to have to come out of the spiritual closet, and you're going to have to share like what you're going through. We talked about the trials and t- tribulations of growth. You're going to have to share that with people, and that's the best way to help people wake up because it'll invoke something within them that they didn't know was there. And it's easier for you and for me to just demonstrate my awakening process than to tell other people they need to wake up. Absolutely. Imagine if Wake Up With Ryan, which is your amazing Facebook Live that you do every day, was (laughs) wake up because Ryan told you so. (laughs) I mean, that's not going to work, is it? Exactly. But yeah, it's all the the foundation is of love. I mean, I think I believe that's how we reach a higher consciousness is we, um, you know, we have to move into a state of, of deeper love. And we, yeah, leading with love. Gosh. Okay, I'm going to look at my list of questions here, none of which I've asked you because we've covered a lot. <laughs> it's typical, typical of me. Sorry about that. Oh, no, that's fine. I'm not <laughs> okay, so I will ask one question. You're stuck on a desert island. Which three books would you take with you and why? Oh, man. Adventures in Manifesting. No, <laughs> no don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a a really good question. Which three books would I take? So I'm stuck on a desert island. Yeah. And you have three books that you can take with you and you're going to be stuck there for the rest of your life. (laughs) Okay. Unless unless you find a portal. This is a big deal. (laughs) Okay, great. Um, all right. First book that I would take with me, uh, is Conversations with God, book one. Mm -hmm. Um, second book I would take with me would be a Captain America comic (laughs) because I would, I love Captain America and I love superheroes and I would definitely take something that I could just ease the mind and numb it out. (laughs) (laughs) The third, the third book, um, you know what? I, I would honestly probably bring, um, this sounds so crazy. I can't believe I'm gonna say, I would bring all the Emerald tablets so it's, I was going to, I was going to say the Bible, but they say, they say the Bible is one part of the Emerald tablet. So I would bring all the Emerald tablets and I'd study those on my island. So. Wow. They'd probably be pretty heavy, right? Yes. <laughs> it's all right. You're stuck on the island. It's fine. Wow. That sounds like a, a good compilation of books. Wow. <laughs> I would have thought you might've taken a course in miracles. That's a good one. Oh, that would be good too. Or yeah. Maybe I have, I've, have a fourth. Yeah, I mean, well, I've actually got um, The Course in Miracles sitting on top of my mic right now, which is funny because it says the foundation for inner peace. And it's also <laughs> the foundation for my mic. <laughs> I love that. It's such a good book, though. And I mean, so many people get so much value out of it as a lifelong student. It's not something you can just read and then put away. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And those that have tried, read it and go, well, I didn't get anything out of it. <laughs> Yeah, I was there. I, I picked it up the first time and I picked up also The Dark Night of the Soul and I thought, what the heck is this stuff? None <laughs> of this makes sense. <laughs> so tell me more about your book. What are the plans for its publication? So that is the focus for this year mm-hmm. is to, first I have to get it transcribed because I channeled it. So wow. um, I'll give you a quick backstory on how this all came to be because I know there's many people have been sort of eagerly waiting for me to release this. So uh, it actually came out of um, finishing Neil Donald Walsh's series, Conversations with God. And I was in my master bedroom closet. I was getting dressed one morning and I was had just finished book three. So there's three series in the book. And I was kind of sad. I was sad that the, the series was over and there wasn't a book four at the time. And I just like, I, I felt a deep level of connection and I was having this huge spiritual awakening. So I was literally choosing the clothes I wanted to wear for the day. And I remember feeling really, really down on myself. And this voice popped into my head because I was thinking, oh, what book do I want to be- read next? And this voice said to me, why don't you write your own book? Mm. And I said, what? <laughs> and it said, why don't you write your own book? It said it again. And I said, because I don't know what to write. I wouldn't have a clue where to start. 
I don't even know what to write about. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And it said, you don't need to know. And then it said to me, go to the store, buy a bunch of journals, buy a bunch of pens, and start to write. Oh. <laughs> and I get chills when I tell you this. So that, that day, I went and picked up a bunch of journals. I picked up five journals. I picked up a bunch of, uh, like, a big box of pens. And I sat down the next morning. And I went into a meditation for about 10 minutes and I said, okay, here we go. So I just pulled out the journal after sitting cross-legged in my meditation chair and I grabbed the pen and I just started to write. And Sarah, I could not stop writing. Everything <laughs> just started to flow and I'd never done anything like this before. And so I ended up having this conversation, my own conversation, my own dialogue with God back and forth. And similar to our conversation here on the podcast, it was very similar to what the questions I had for him because I've always been curious. So I wanted to know what is this? What is this life about? Why are we here? What is the purpose to this? Why? What are we doing here? What is the universe? Why do we have planets? Why do we have people on this planet? Why were there dinosaurs? You know, mm -hmm. I wanted to know like questions and why are so many people in fear? And so I asked all <laughs> these very real life practical questions too. And I ended up channeling the book for about uh, I think almost eight months. Wow. And I knew when I was finished and it was finished. And it was one of these things where um, I would get called at weird, at weird hours of the day to sit down and write things. It was just flowing through me like a faucet. And so now what I'm left with is this beautiful book and this beautiful piece that um, I'm going to now get transcribed and then edited. And then, um, you know, I got a few people who are looking to write the forward and then get it published. Oh, that's so exciting. I can't wait to read that yeah. book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really, you know, I'll tell you the synchronicity of stuff like this is there's many times where I'm afraid or I'm scared or I'm in fear or I'm confused. And because I have these books behind me, um, I'll just turn to the books and I'll open up any random page in the book and it is the exact sentence or paragraph that I needed to read. Wow, that's and it's, incredible. There's so, so much power behind it because I know it didn't come from me. It's it's very magnetic, so I'm really excited to get the work out to the world. So how do you detach from the ego side of writing a book? You know, like a lot of people want to become published authors or, you know, to see their words in print. Is it, it's, it sounds like it's just a natural process for you. It's not even about you. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the beauty. I mean, there's some yeah. really powerful, powerful nuggets of wisdom in that. Well, yeah, you're right. I, I really know it's not about me. Mm. Uh, I just have no attachment to me being a New York Times bestseller or even me being a published author. Mm. You know, I just I just know that this work, and we talk about our conversations. I have a guide, a, a, an actual council of guides that I channel. Um, one of them is a guide that I call Faith mm. or that it told me that that was its name. And so when I channel... Um, you know, it, it things come through me very easily and effortlessly. And in this case, it wasn't faith. It was faith that guided me to what I, what I call God or my version of God, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, the, the unwatched watcher that mm -hmm. experiences everything but is not being watched itself. And when I channeled it, um, it sort of dissolved my ego in a way mm -hmm. because I could I could feel on a very deep, 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 deep soul level that this was not about me. Wow. And so... And so when you ask me that question, um, I think what humbles me is the um, process, and you, you guys already know how to do this, I don't, the process of actually learning how to get a book published, because there's a bit of confusion there for me. So that's the humbling piece for me. We, we can talk about that later. I'm happy to help you with that one. Yes. I'm wow. very excited, though. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Ryan. It was an absolute pleasure. And, I, you know, I'm so honored to not only call you my friend, but to be able to connect like this. I'm, I'd love to have you back on the show if you're open to it in a little while. I would love that. Yeah, this has been so fun, Sarah. Just a really nice flow. You're such a beautiful woman. I'm grateful to be here. And I'm glad that um, we kind of like skimmed the surface on some deeper stuff. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure if we're going to the deep side of the, side of the pool. <laughs> yeah, <we're, laughs> the, the pool is deep. There's no shallow end. <laughs> well, I'd like to think so anyway. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it is the shallow end and I think it's deeper than it is. <laughs> it's an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but what i'm going to do with the uh with this episode there'll be show notes and um i'll point people towards your website as well so if you're listening to this make sure you check out the show notes for ryan's episode and you can learn more about him thank you so much ryan thank you sarah 
That was such a great and powerful conversation with Ryan. I just, I'm still blown away by many of the topics that we touched upon. <laughs> and for those of you that want more information about Ryan Yukomi, you can go to his website, which is ryanyukomi.com. And don't forget to download an episode of his Soul Wealth podcast. You'll absolutely love it, I promise. And if you'd like to take your manifesting journey to the next level, make sure you check out my Ancient Manifesting Ritual. The Ancient Manifesting Ritual has been used by over 50,000 of my students around the world. I've seen people manifest things like soulmates or a dream home, and we've even had a few babies that have manifested as the result of trying the Ancient Manifesting Ritual. It's literally the best and the fastest way to not only raise your vibration, but to imprint your support conscious mind. So if you'd like to learn more about that, please go to ancientmanifestingritual.com. That's it from me for today. Thank you again for spending this time with me. And I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this episode. So please feel free to leave me a review on iTunes and also maybe suggest some other people that you might like me to interview in the very near future. Sending you lots of love and the energy of abundance, joy and prosperity. And until next time, enjoy your journey to manifesting.